Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old. We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labour power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay, produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain, or Ireland, in England, or Fiji. We all of us are workers, united we must stand, until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land. We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face. We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place. We hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains And break a couple of concrete fours to back our lug of claims So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed Our as labour is a name to make a man feel proud And it is good morning from Groundhog Day. Uh, sorry, good morning from the Concrete Gang. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed and waiting in trepidation for to see what happens to, on Sunday morning when hopefully you're listening to this program. Are we on? Can you hear us? Are we there? <laughs> this, <laughs> first of all, apologise. Apologise to the uh, listeners. There was uh, some technical issues at the... Uh, Studio end at 3CR, and uh, their show was recorded and everything was sweet. It, the podcast has gone out, everything's happy, except the show didn't go to air and you copped some kind of country and western music. Oh, it was Indian music too. I, I heard a bit of Indian music, which I'm not against Indian music, but we did put a bit of effort in, and uh, yeah, it wasn't a I great... See, I think it was a conspiracy not to hear your holiday story. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to go through a couple of them again. But more importantly, this week, what a great week for the surf, MEU. And the pressure uh, for our um, for Sean and John and the executive and the result after three years of being um, tortured in a way, right, with their families and all of that, to get that result and have those two borrowed executives fabricated story torn to threads was a great result for the surf, MEU. Bad result for Freehills. Oh. Hey? Would you go to shifty lawyers like that, eh? Oh, what an absolute disgrace. But... They did produce Michaela Cash. you got to thank him oh, for something. Oh, and then she went on again, didn't she? Uh, oh. Why not just say you stuffed it up, Michaela? You stuffed up the raid on the AWU office. You stuffed, you've stuffed everything up. She's stuffed her career up in a way, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. Just keep Look. talking, Michaela. You're talking yourself into more trouble than you're worth. But, yes, indeed, it has been a big week. It was uh, great news that the 
DPP uh, decided that enough was enough and after uh, a week and a bit of evidence in the uh, prosecution, because that's all there was, it was just prosecution evidence and uh, it all turned to shit in their hands. Remarkable, remarkable stories that come out of it and a lot of stories to be told, but it's this uh, interesting coincidence that Mike Kane was just about to take the stand and everything was falling apart for Borrell and then suddenly they run away. Looks like he lost the evidence, destroyed the evidence, come up with anything. Oh, please. It went on and on and on, didn't it? He dodged a bullet, don't you reckon? Well, I think it's someone else who dodged a bullet too. Hey, Danny. Yes. Hey, yes, Danny Variety. Yeah, 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 I think so, right? Hey, uh. for those that don't know the uh, the great man, Danny was an organiser with the CFMEU. He is no longer an organiser with the CFMEU and has not been for a number of years, but he was going to be one of the witnesses, the prize witnesses. Don't know what he was going to say. We're not going to make any imputations on this show as to uh, exactly what he was going to say, but he was a police witness. Oh, please. And after what happened to the two Borrell managers, I think they would have been getting a bit nervous as their time was getting closer. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What a tangled web. Tangled web of ABCC, state government, federal government, federal government, police. And if you heard the press release outside the courthouse, um, uh, John um, went through all that and... uh, it was good to see the pressure off the, at least their families and all that who would have been going through a, so much over the last couple of years, not knowing what that, uh, not knowing how that was all going to go. And there was the big question about how a coffee meeting described by the Borrell people as cordial, friendly. They talked about their families. They talked about safety, health and safety issues on the jobs, and how that turned into a. They shook hands. The union picked up the bill. I think. Yes. And uh, how that turned into blackmail charges, well, when the lawyers got hold of the statements, there was how many drafts? 41, I think, from one. 18 on one and 41 on the other. 41 drafts of a statement. I mean, that's ridiculous. What's going on there? What was going on at the time was a royal commission into the trade union movement. And all the lawyers were talking to each other. Abetz was involved, getting briefed. Uh, who else? Uh, we had Robert Clark, the Attorney General, Liberal Attorney General at the time, Dennis Napthine's office. And let's not forget how it took place either. Let's not forget that they went round to Sean's house on a Sunday. Let's not forget that they pulled John's car up with his family in it, mm. right? I mean, surely, even even if they thought there was something to be done, the way they went about it is an absolute All joke. in front of the cameras. That's right. And the transcript, you can hear... John's kids crying in the car with yeah. these cops, you know, guns on their sides and big canisters. All over of, a coffee shop meeting. Yeah, that's right. I mean... Which they, which the evidence got destroyed. Oh, surprise, surprise. Then they tried to find it a year later, right? So that was a royal commission the Abbott and Turnbull governments wanted. They got a royal commission on at the moment about banking, which they didn't want. <laughs> Uh, what's going to happen with the uh, wrongdoing that might be exposed with the banking fraternity? Well, there's a bunch. Are there going to be some prosecutions there, or are all these matters going to disappear? Where's the special task force? Oh. Where's the cops pulling up people after the market with the kids in the car? 
Um, but interestingly, one that come out of that, AMP, obviously, one oh, of the worst offenders. mob, AMP. Ripping off their customers, lying to the regulator, ASIC about it, to try to cover their tails. So one of the uh, directors there uh, quit AMP, uh, quit the board, and um, guess who else? She's quit uh, Coca-Cola, she's quit the Coke board, but guess whose board she's still on? Borrell. Borrell. Bad enough to be embarrassed in the Royal Commission, bad enough to have to quit multiple roles, but good enough for Borrell. Well, let me say, I hope it sinks that Kelly O'Dwyer and her persistent support of banks and uh, AMP. Retail super funds. Oh, and she was on there. And if you've ever seen a great interview, Barry Cassidy on the Insiders the other week, she could not answer the question why why she continually um, backed the banks, backed AMP, um, and said that there was no need for a Royal Commission. Yet in the first two weeks, all these shocking stories come out about um, AMP. Then she's had to backtrack. Wouldn't, Wouldn't say it on air. Um, well, you keep supporting them because let's not forget one thing. The industry super over 20 years has outperformed all those banks, hasn't, hasn't ripped people off, and it's got good representation on it from all the unions, and that's the way we want to keep it. Does Kelly O'Dwyer still have to wear the NAB on her jacket? Is that sponsorship deal oh. still current? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, well, it's uh, been a big week, hasn't it? When you sort of look at some of the other stories. Suddenly, George Pell's evidence has got to be given in camera. Uh, Caesar Mellon embarrassed the trade union movement and himself in the Royal Commission, but that's not being pursued. And Robert Doyle, too sick to turn up to answer a few questions. Eh? Locked up in hospital, apparently. So sick he can't get out of the hospital, isn't that what? So he was on day release down... uh, Down near the beach, uh, having a coffee in the sun. Yeah, all right, okay. Oh yeah, with a big smile on his face. Yeah, I'm, I'm often that sick. Yeah, not looking so distressed, was he? No. Oh dear. Well, there's a concrete gang exclusive for you, Robert Doyle, having a friendly laugh and a coffee down by the beach, and uh, apparently too sick though to face the charges, to face the music. Well, just to ask, answer some questions. Arising out of the investigation at the town hall of all the allegations against him about sexual harassment, etc. Well, wouldn't you want to defend yourself? CFMEU officials have to go into court all the time, defend themselves for just doing their job, looking after members and their wages and conditions and their safety. But no, one law for one and one law for another. That's right. Nothing's changed. Tiny little piece in the paper, not much about it. You know, once it all starts to go rotten for them or they're hiding, they, they leave them alone. But uh, now, obviously, even though it's been the most embarrassing week you can imagine for Michaela Cash and, and all her mob, uh, she can't shut up about it. She still wants to talk about the CFMEU. But everyone else, Caesar Mellum, nah, don't want to talk about him really. We'll just let all that slide. Not, not bothered. Robert Doyle, not bothered. Banks, don't worry about them. Yes, them that's got the gold make the rules. Righto, let's uh, cut to a little track. I brought this one in because, you know, sometimes the old Bruce gets a bit excited about a few things, but uh, he ain't far wrong. This is a big payback. 
Hello, we're back on board. We're back on board. We're still here. Are we're we? still here. We're still Can recording. And I, did, and I just think I pull the energy I put in last week to me overseas travel stories, and and I know it's not all about me, but getting lost, <laughs> getting lost in, um, in down one way streets in Dublin in the rain with me missus twenty four seven in all parts of England, Ireland, and Scotland, and um, still survived to come back. And I will say that. Uh, couple of good places over there, the People's Palace in Glasgow and the Post Office in Dublin and the Kilmanane Jail in Dublin, two fantastic places to go to if you want to learn a bit of great history and you now you know why all the Irish and the Scottish are so resilient when you have a really close look at it over there. This is Groundhog Day. It is Groundhog Day. Buzz's holiday once again. If you want the full story, listen to the podcast. <laughs> it is there. We've already done all this. But um, And also if you want to hear about how Buzzer came to realise that Colonialism hasn't been a great thing for a lot of places. He discovered that. Well, in, he didn't discover it. I just in the UK I, apparently. I just micros- <laughs> microscoped it a bit. That's all. <laughs> right. That's the way to put it. Smith Street, mate. Have a look outside. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. What we're going to do now is cut to one story that uh, we did cover it last week. It is on the podcast, and that is about uh, one of our members in the ACT being charged under the criminal law for an industrial incident which did result in the death of another member. And uh, this bloke that was the crane driver who was operating the crane which tipped over and killed uh, another member. Now, everybody else, that's the multiplex, their site management, the company that was the operator of the crane RAR and so on have all been charged under the occupational health and safety legislation in the ACT, but the driver has been charged with criminal manslaughter. Now, just so you understand, uh, this does have serious implications. Charging uh, John and Sean with blackmail for having a conversation about uh, safety, wage conditions and so on was a huge departure from what had been happening for the last 100 years. But this is a huge departure as well. And uh, it is being watched by everybody, employers, health and safety regulators, the police and the union, because out of this particular matter could come a precedent which will be disastrous. You're put in a crane... You're a casual, you're put in a crane, it's after dark, you're told this last lift has to be done and 
there are suggestions that maybe the whole truth and nothing but the truth was told to the operator about the weight on the, on the hook and so on. All these things can come back and result in a manslaughter charge. And that is unprecedented. Yes, negligence and all the rest of it might result in occupational health and safety prosecutions and loss of license and all the rest of it. But this is a whole new area of prosecution. Well, it amazes me because I was I was involved in, and I'm not going to name builders and jobs, but I was involved in, unfortunately, in a death a few years ago where there was no risk assessment, no JSAs, no induction, no street permits, and it all result, revolved, resulted in a, a worker getting killed, and no char, no no a builder got charged, and or no subby got charged, yeah. um, and here yet we have this situation here. It's just well, Grocon pleaded guilty regarding the deaths of three people, and uh, got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine um, under the OHS Act, I think. Yes, but no criminal manslaughter charges there. So, folks, we'll keep you up to date. The first hearing of the occupational health and safety charges against Multiplex and RAR and so on will be taking place in July. They were up for committal on, uh, I think it was Wednesday in Canberra, and it will come up before the courts in July. But in terms of the criminal matter, I'm not sure the date will keep people up to date. The point is, it's always been your licence that's going to be lost, not the bosses. And this just shows it could be even worse. So if it's not safe, don't do it. Um, But also, don't get behind the industrial manslaughter campaign in in Victoria because the laws we want are corporate industrial manslaughter laws. Very important that that happens here. It's not about going after workers. It's about putting the responsibility where the pressure comes from, and that's at that management level. Right. Now, talking about management... I'd like to send a cheerio to the Chinese Communist Party, or at least their subsidiary in Australia, John Hollands. Because let's be blunt, yes, John Hollands is totally owned by a Chinese state-owned construction company, and of course, they answer to the Chinese Communist Party. So, let's be blunt. They've got a red flag. They've got a red flag. They've yeah, definitely got red in the colouring, always have, but never mind. Maybe they were a secret one before this. But John Hollands have just been awarded a half-billion-dollar job out at Monash University to build a new heart, uh, comprehensive heart uh, treatment hospital. Cheerio Gorilla. And uh, let's just look at their record. In Perth, they had the hospital job there. Oh, that it was, was a disaster. finished. It was finished three years ago, and it only got opened this week. Oh. And the reason it only got opened this week is because they stuffed the job up. There was asbestos everywhere, and guess what? Just the day after it opened, there was a collapse. Oh. The clear story uh, veranda, which was there at the side of the building. Under a bit of water, collapsed. So John Hollands, they did a prison oh, out at Ravenhall, eh? Geez, that was a good uh, job too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> top job. They built the and walls the too same... short. Geez, they haven't had a great track record on the big jobs, have they? No, they haven't got a great track record at all. And we just got to mention all the shenanigans that's gone on and the Westgate uh, Tunnel Project where they've tried to get 
grubby agreements, uh, greenfields agreements, non-union agreements, all that shit. And then at the same time, they're doing rail jobs around the, the country, or particularly around uh, Melbourne. And one of them out at Mernda, uh, their subby, Best Fab, is stuffed up. But John Hollands are in control of those jobs. They manage them to the nth degree. You can blame a subby, and we're going to name Best Fab for their stuff-ups. But I tell you what, you're on a John Holland job, like at, out at Essendon and Buckley Street and all the rest of it, you know... It's a shit job. Well, can I just quickly say that I worked on a John Holland job 1997-98 at the John God Hospital in Geelong. Had a fire, flood, explosion. Yeah. Four subbies went broke and they lost $5 million on the job. And they brought, paraded Janet Holmes to court down to the job at the end of the job with about a couple of weeks ago. And I thought that was a bit late. All the damage had been done. Sounds <laughs> like the apocalypse. <laughs> right. Uh, horses as well. But... Now, we should also mention a matter that's been going on in uh, provincial Victoria down the valley. Energy Australia had a uh, shutdown at one of their uh, generation plants. Yalorn, uh, Unit 1. Unit 1, was it, right? Yep. Unit 1, actually a famous unit, Unit 1 at Yalorn. And uh, if you go back in history, but uh, guess what? Lots of asbestos. And some shenanigans has gone on down there. Energy Australia should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. They have engaged a particular company to remove Haschem, to remove the asbestos. And next minute we find all these people who have been brought down from Melbourne from another company, totally unclear as to who's on whose books, and yet the state government spent a huge amount of money down in the valley trying to retrain people coming out of Hazelwood as part of the shutdown of the Hazelwood uh, power station. And yet, none of these people got on the job. CFMU trained in asbestos removal. Yep. They built the... All got uh, the certificates. Built the bubble down there in Gippsland. Did, trained them all locally. All A whole bunch of them looking for work, need work desperately. And uh, yet this happens. John's Ling, uh, Hazrem, the subby there, that... Um, just doesn't want to do the right thing. And, yeah, what is going on? And now there's only three days to go in the shutdown and some other mobs involved in it. But guess what? The asbestos removal workers have come from a different mob. So there's lots of shit to go on down there and maybe Energy Australia should have a damn good look at what's going on with their maintenance shutdowns. Right, so they're going to get named in Scallywags. Now, just before we go to Scallywags fully, just mention Dean Hall, uh, the secretary of the ACT branch, has uh, retired, gone to another uh, job after five years of absolute relentless harassment uh, by the Federal Police, the Royal Commission, all the rest of it. Won all the cases won all the cases against the federal police, won all the bloody matters that the Royal Commission tried to bring, all that stuff, but they didn't give up. They have just harassed him. It turned out that he has been the subject of questions and debate in the uh, ACT Assembly on Hansard 41 times in the last three years. Don't reckon he wasn't copping it. 
Anyway, good luck to Dean. You did a top job, and let's hope that Jason O'Mara, the replacement, doesn't come under the same pressure and can get on doing the job for the members. I agree totally, and just let's not forget how Dean's lifted that branch and where the state of that branch from when he first took over. It was bankrupt. It was no good, and uh, he's really lifted it there, and all the best, Jason. Righto. Now, the scallywags are... Hayser got mentioned last week in the show, and they're getting mentioned again because... I try to get people to work on the first RDO that uh, occurred after since Easter. Sure. Guess what they did? They made the blokes work on Mother's Day out at Mulgrave. Island Brown and the RDO at the Gordon Institute in Geelong brought all the uh, cheap subbies in um, trying to work. Continued offenders, Island Brown. They're right up there. Yeah, nearly the winner this week. Another mob letting down locals where we need employment. Pace. Pace were nominated out of Brunswick. Um, and also Monaco Hickey, with a big nomination for Monaco Hickey out at, uh, out at Hyatt, CSIRO. John Hollands, uh, CYP for all the Aussie issues out at Arden uh, Station that uh, is going to get built as part of the Metro Tunnel. Zoom recruitment, very oh, grubby. Oh, Serial it. offenders, but uh, underpayment once again. And uh, best fab we've always already mentioned out at the John Holland job at Mernda. John Holland's, of course. And uh, just to throw a little net over a few, Robbie Doyle, Georgie Pell, <laughs> CC Mellum, for just being sookie la-las. Oh, the law is so hard against us. Gee whiz, not going too bad at the, at the moment, boys. But anyway, a sookie la-la for all those two. Victoria Police for letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> going soft on the wrong ones. Righto, here we go. The scallywag of the week is... Oh, I'm, I'm, I just thought about it really, and I think Island Brown really deserved to win it. Right? Well, hang on. Because the show didn't go to air last week, oh. we missed Luke the Tipper. Yeah. Luke the Tippers was the uh, winner last week, and all bosses on rally day were the Sookie Lalas because they all had a whinge. Uh, that was last week. We'll throw them into the mix for this week as well. But who are we going with with a Scallywags? I have to, I have to send a low-altitude flyer, Luke's Tippers. Who do you, who you think? Who do you think? John Hollands. All right. John Hollands and the Communist Party of China. All right. They've just overtaken Island Brown, haven't they? At the last minute. Oh, when the rest of the story comes out about John Hollands, everyone's mm. going to be going, oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sookie Lala's is Robbie, Georgie and Caesar. And uh, we're going to go out in the same old way. Dare to struggle. Dare, dare to win. win. If you don't fight, you, you lose. lose. Good morning from the Concrete Gang. And we're going to go out with Steve Earl and When the People Find Out. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.